Hi everyone and warm welcome to the fourth part of the Leadership for Change lecture series. I am Dia and with me today are my lovely group members Antti, Laura, Bohui, Joona, Bianca and Haisong. And this week's lecture is about animal rights in a sustainable society brought us to by Maikivela. Uh, Maikivela from Left Alliance is the parliament member of the Environmental Committee and a former executive director of Animalia. In addition to being a member of parliament and politician, Mai has influenced as an environmental and animals' rights activist for almost 20 years. Without further ado, I will give the floor to Mai. Thank you, and thank you for joining us. Yes, uh, thank you, and um, uh, I'm very happy to be uh, here today with you and especially to talk about animal rights with, which is an um, important issue for me also personally and um, I actually made um, some slides so I could now try and uh, share them with you and maybe you can tell me if do you see the first slide now yes Yes, we can see it. Okay, great. And I guess you can hear me also. Yes. Okay, good. So um, <clears throat> today we're going to talk about um, animal rights and uh, what is the role of animal rights in, in a sustainable society. And um, I start with a citation because I think that when we talk about animal rights, we actually need to talk about us and uh, our values and our views on what is acceptable and um, what is not and um, and our relationship to other species in this world so uh, this is a quote from Birgitta Wahlberg who is a university teacher in uh, public law at the uh, Abo Academy, Turun Yliopisto, and uh, her field of expertise is animal law. And uh, she's also a president of the Finnish Animal Rights Lawyers Association. And uh, <clears throat> so I took this citation to reflect with you the theme of, of this evening. And I think uh, we will get back to this later. But I want to emphasize that this is a complex issue and maybe, maybe how we, uh, our practices currently are not maybe so logical and in line with our own values. But, but let's see um, what we think. And um, I, I will just make sure that you also see that I'm uh, changing the slides. Yes. Okay, good. So, uh, <clears throat> first to uh, guide you through the, uh, tonight's presentation, um, there are four parts. I, first, I want to talk about our relationship with other species. And then, uh, secondly, that what do we mean by animal rights and uh, why what is the problem with the current situation? So why there is a movement and, and people who are 
who has this agenda. And uh, then the third one is the current regulation. So how the animals are regulated in our current law. And then uh, the fourth theme is the linkage between animal rights and um, other pressing sustainability issues. And why I see that these are quite, <laughs> quite um, tightly interlinked. And then, of course, we will have time for questions and uh, discussion in, uh, in general. And um, so you already gave a very uh, good introduction uh, about who, who is speaking today, but um, just uh, <clears throat> shortly, here is my background. So I'm a first term uh, MP and um, I basically, um, I'm, I never believed that I would end up in a politics. It, it, it has been a little bit surprised for myself also. Um, but here we are now. Uh, and uh, however, I feel that the issues which I work are still quite the same. But yeah, I have a strong background in the NGO field. And um, it has been since I was a little kid that I, I, I was very much involved in a, uh, activism and especially environmental issues and uh, animal rights and uh, uh, etc. So um, I don't know, it's just a very <laughs> big part of my identity. And after that has come the um, studies and my work history and and finally ending 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 up in in the politics so <clears throat> then we can move on the left alliance you you probably are quite familiar with the the parties in finland but um, uh, we are the mid-sized party and we currently have 16 mps uh, in the parliament and uh, currently also we are in the government and the party leader is E. Anderson. And our slogan is for all, not for the few. <laughs> and I personally like to think that also this somehow includes uh, like non-human animals. But um, if you want to be very um, short, I would say that it's, we are a red-green party. So we, we want to combine the ecological sustainable issues with uh, social justice issues. Okay, so then to the uh, main team. And uh, the first part is about us and other animals. And um, first of all, I'm going to talk about animals and animal rights. And I, I want to start by saying that I know that it's a problematic. First of all, it's problematic to make this huge distinction between uh, humans and then all the other species <laughs> and use one word like animals to, to all the other species. I know it's, it's quite plant, but um, since it's quite also a reality uh, in our like human societies I'm gonna use it now but there is lots of debate about them uh, in the animal rights um, movement and in in the 
animal studies that is how how actually harmful is this <laughs> uh, distinction and this using like one one uh, word for all the other species so uh, so I, wa I wanted to say that so that we even though i'm gonna use this <laughs> distinction now we know that it's a it's a little bit problematic um, <clears throat> But uh, then um, the second po po uh, point, when we talk about um, animals in our society, I want to say that they are at the same time the huge majority, like uh, they outnumber humans, of course, <laughs> with uh, multiple times, um, and we are the um, uh, just quite yeah we we are not the majority but at the same time uh, the other species are quite hidden in our societies maybe except for the pets but uh, otherwise all these huge uh, masses of animals which we use in our in our daily 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 day uh, lives and uh, which is <laughs> our societies yeah like this huge amount of this biomass what we use we basically don't see the animals we may see the end products but we don't see the uh, living animals and then um, animals are in in some sense everywhere because um, we use animals in uh, of course in our food system we use them as textiles uh, uh, in our entertainment and uh, we have companion animals of course and in in uh, scientific tests and we uh, we make glue out of them we make uh, car parts out of them and uh, furnitures and so on so the animal um, animals as a material are are quite uh, everywhere uh, so and the current situation is so that if we look about the uh, human history in this planet and our uh, shared history with other species we are actually now in a situation where we produce and use other animals more than ever in a human history so uh, it's quite intense and uh, it's something that uh, we haven't done uh, like the, the 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 modern history is most efficient in using other animals but at the same time um, we also live in a societies where people do care about animals a lot um you may if, if i give you an example that how strong reaction we get if we read um let's say in social media we we read a um, news about animal abuse uh, and we get a very strong reaction from people that how wrong they think it is if somebody has mistreated their pet or or uh, farm animals or so and um, also we have more than ever companion animals 
and I would say I'm probably uh, from the people who are listening to this um, uh, lecture now, probably most of us could point some <laughs> some uh, animal who 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 he or she has shared some part of your life. Like you could maybe name a person who you know that it's it's not just a biomass, but it's a person with with uh, own own personality. Maybe a cat or a dog or a horse or or so. Maybe your own or maybe your parents or or neighbors or so. Um, <clears throat> and also when this uh, has been st statistics about how much people care about other animals, the the, the numbers are huge. Like the la latest um, Europe barometer uh, said that like 90% of Finnish people uh, said that we want farm animals to be treated better and 99% said that uh, the well-being of animals is important issue for me. So <laughs> even though that I come from the left alliance, I would say that the, um, this this is something that goes beyond um, party differences or beyond um, age uh, or geographical where like it doesn't depend where you live or how old you are or what is your gender or so there are like lots of people who 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 are passionate about animals but of course animal rights is not dependent on like personal uh, affection towards animals but this is to highlight the complexity of, of the current relationship so uh, then what we do and this is not we we classify animals and this is not i'm not talking about the biological uh, <laughs> classification i'm talking about this our normal uh, division that we we have pets and then we have animals in factory farms and then we have fur animals and um, wild animals pests and um, and then we have uh, animals who we use in scientific experiments etc and what is um, like the the root in this or <laughs> in this classification is is that the treatment and the regulation of this individual animal depends on how um, how we have classified the animal uh, so and the classification depends on how we want to use the animal so it's not based on some biological uh, uh, or scientific reality or 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 so it's just that we we have made this this and we uh, think it's quite normal but but it's not based on science um so it's 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 something like it's not reality to the animals but it's 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 like more reality to us to us humans and uh Many species can fit multiple categories. For example, rabbit 
uh, we can have rabbits as a pet or as a farm animals, uh, fur animals, wild animals, and lab animals, and so on. But the, uh, but the, when when we talk about the, why this classification is important, uh, it's important because um, what is allowed depends also about this this regulation. Like uh, let's say a fox. If you, if we have a fox in a zoo, it has different uh, welfare uh, regulation than if it's a fur animal fox in in a fur farm. And the individual fox doesn't change. It it it, it biology like it it's still the same animal, but we think that okay, it's it's normal that we can have like totally different uh, le let's say uh, laws. Uh, let's say, for example, how how much that um, individual or animal need needs to have space. It can be like, and and we can still say that okay, in in a fur in a fur farm, if you have this amount of space for the fox, it's okay and it's legal. But if you if you would keep your pet or a zoo animal in the same conditions, it would be uh, like against our animal welfare law but still the fox is the same or or so so if we want to give animals some kind of like let's say uh, minimum standards in order to uh, fulfill their uh, behavioral needs or well-being then it's quite um unlogical that we can make different laws um, and different regulation uh, based on how we want to use the animal. Um, so um, where does this all come from? Uh, why, why do we treat animals as we treat? There are many reasons and of course um, how we act now, <laughs> uh, we, we come with the all the history and uh, what is the habit and what we are used to as being normal. If, if you don't um, want to act differently than majority of your peers or people who you live with, then it's easy to, uh, easy to uh, act as what is seen as normal normal, like normal eating or normal uh, behavior. <clears throat> Not many of us would uh, abuse animal uh, in a way what is against our current law. But, um, but we can feel that it's, it's quite normal to uh, take part in certain activities which we know that are not maybe very um, kind towards other animals but since it's it's legal and it's normal it's it's uh, easy for us to not somehow uh, make it a problem to us and of course it's natural this is what we do in many other things also and then the economical factors are of course quite a um, major issue 
especially when we talk about the uh, regulation. We have laws which protect animals, but then we make um, clausules or we make we we write them so that okay, this is not allowed except if you do it because uh, for economical reasons. And uh, <clears throat> then cultural aspects and cultural differences are quite quite a big um, um, and powerful uh, framework. So you know that in different different uh, countries we have quite different uh, ethical uh, rules on what is allowed, which animals are okay to be eaten by humans and, and which not. And also media, literature, movies, uh, these kind of cultural um, fields can shape um, how we, how we <laughs> interact with our other animals. Religion is, is, if we look at the human history, it has had a, a major role and uh, different world biggest religions have, of course, as you know, different kind of um, guidance um, towards which animal, which species should be treated uh, in a different way. And then the scientific knowledge uh, on other species. This is something what we have gained quite a lot of knowledge uh, during the recent, let's say, 10-15 years. Uh, we didn't, we now have a lot of knowledge um, about other species, their, their capabilities and, and uh, so on, which we basically we didn't have. Uh, still like 20 years ago and then of course we have individual differences um, how we how how interested we are on other animals and and so on so uh, then about the animal rights and what what do we mean by animal rights uh, first of all we probably want to ask that why would this be an issue uh, so, uh, I would start from saying that, well, since we know that the animals are not things <laughs> as a chair or so, uh, we cannot like just treat them solely as, as some other property issues. And that would be the first point. And then the second point is like that we know that animals feel pain, pleasure, fear, joy. Uh, so when we know this, we have to take that into account. They possess their own well-being <clears throat> and that well-being can vary from positive to negative and our actions affect their well-being. So then it's our responsibility to <clears throat> take that into account. And uh, <coughs> And the animals have these feelings, and they 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 um, they possess this well-being regardless of this classification I was talking about, and regardless of how we use them. So, even though I would say that okay, in Finland we kill 
90 million animals in in slaughterhouses and in in factory farms every year it's a big number and it's so big number that it makes makes us uh, uh, almost feel like okay it's we cannot then it's easy to lose the individual into the big numbers but still still they have they have these individual uh, wills and uh, capabilities and feelings so <clears throat> we we i feel that we we need to uh, take that into an account <coughs> so uh, then when we talk about rights we we probably want to ask questions uh, such as do non-human animals have uh, intrinsic value and uh, what is wrong and what is right in relation to other animals and do they have rights and if so what kind of rights they they would have <coughs> and, uh, and how how should we regulate animals in general uh, how and especially of course this this uh, massive use of animals and um, I try to be, we have lots of uh, different theorists and so on, but I try to be quite, um, I don't know, simple when I talk about animal rights. I, um, I say that they have intrinsic value and uh, therefore they don't just have instrumental value, which they of course also have, but, um, and I say that animals are individuals and every individual have intrinsic value and um, thus uh, certain rights. <clears throat> and um, since animals um, have are individuals and they possess their own well-being, um, I think that they have certain rights and people <laughs> Due to this, have certain obligation, obligations towards other animals. And um, when we talk about animal rights, I I talk about the fact that animal has the right to be animal, the right to this uh, species-specific uh, natural behavior. So the, we are not, we don't want animal human rights. But we we would uh, need uh, them to have their rights to their natural behavior and to uh, live as 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 is uh, as is is a species specific for them. <coughs> and of course, um, I think the fundamental right is the right to live, <coughs> and then uh you can say that uh, animals would need or would have the right also to live and death without unnecessary pain and suffering <clears throat> and when we talk about rights we can um, talk about positive rights and uh, negative rights and by negative rights i mean that um we should um like like that they, then it's we should not do 
animals uh, thinks that it's very exploitative, like that uh, since they are not only instrumental value, it's not it's not an um, we we don't have the right to use them as such. And that the positive right means um, that it's not only that we would stop doing something harmful, but maybe we would also need to have um, somehow taken the animal's interest into account. So, <clears throat> so it would be also we would we would have some kind of responsibilities to um, to the well-being. Uh, <clears throat> and the positive uh, emotions and so on. <coughs> so uh, then, when you when we talk about rights, then uh, there is a long history with animal protection movement, animal rights, animal welfare, and then the the uh, endless debate that what's the difference between all these. And again. Um, it's it's a complex issue but if you want to be really uh, simple uh, the protection animal protection usually means that okay that it's okay to use animals and uh, kill them even even in massive amounts but we should uh, avoid the unnecessary harm like suffering but still uh, we can we can base some industries on these exploitative measures. And then the animal rights uh, argument or view uh, maybe somehow questions this whole um, whole structure that is it actually, are we allowed to do this um, even, even if we would minimize the pain and suffering, are we allowed to use these live uh, individuals? only as um, as an instru instrumental value and also uh, the i don't know if you are familiar with the word uh, speciesism it <clears throat> it refers uh, that just like uh, sexism or um, racism or so there is this kind of like a structure where uh, because of the species because it like somehow gives us um, this moral ground to use other species, which are, which we uh, think that since they are not us, we can do stuff to them which which we we wouldn't do if they would be part of us. <clears throat> and um, and animal ethics is thinking about all these questions, but and. Uh, Maybe the bottom line is that, well, animals are morally relevant, and since we people are capable of moral uh, thinking, and uh, we we are they we some in some sense base our base we are base our actions are based on some some kind of like moral. <laughs> thinking and our laws are some some at least in some way based on our moral thinking then since animals are morally relevant we should include them into these moral uh, discussions
and animal studies then uh, <clears throat> is studying these all these questions I have been actually talking about now and the relationship and uh, so on. And when we talk about law, we we understand that okay, humans have needs. We we may we we might have needs to use animals, but when we talk about animal rights, we we mm, say that okay, well, well, the animal also has needs, individual needs, maybe like the need to uh, live and so so on, need to take care of uh, their own uh, babies or so on. And since now we always put the needs of the human humans, or not always, but most of the time we put the, put the needs of the humans above the needs of the animals. But uh, when we want rights for the animals, we, we say that, okay, we have to weight this. We have to like think that in which situations the needs of the animal should weight more than the needs of the humans. And I would say that in, this is a normal thing in our uh, uh, legal system that we always, we have, um, different rights and then uh, in our legal system we weight these different aspects that okay um, uh, uh, <laughs> and then we somehow combine them uh, because also the human rights are not you have to somehow well the COVID-19 situation is quite a good example on, on we are all the time in, sit in, a, in a situation where we have to weight that okay people have freedom of movement and then we have the right to live and now we have to uh, wait that which how much we can somehow restrict the other right in order to make this other <clears throat> um, uh, aim or right to be fulfilled um, and animal rights people say that okay these needs of the animals are should be taken also in this kind of like um, moral judgment that we we have to um, wait that when when that when in which situation the needs of the humans are more important uh, and maybe the answer is not so that there is never justified situation to use animals but we should maybe um maybe maybe make it a little bit more strict and then the last point is that the animals have rights which are relevant to them uh so so the animals let's say cows for example or dogs they don't need human rights they don't need rights which are relevant to us uh, but they need rights which are relevant to them so basically which um, would allow them to live their lives as is uh, species uh, specific or natural behavior for them and uh, there are lots of there is a lot of um, uh, studies of course about <clears throat> this that what kind of behavior is uh, needed 
let's say cows have different uh, natural behavior than fox and so on. So they are species specific in, in that sense that they, they need a different... Um, I, I want to be concrete, so I say that, for example, a mink has this natural need to swim and then the fox has a natural need to dig the ground and neither one of these is now uh, met with current fur farming and so on. <clears throat> okay, then the regulation. So uh, currently uh, the, the frame uh, law is the Animal Welfare Act and it's um, from the 1996 and um, it's outdated and now we are making a new new uh, Animal Welfare Act, which should be ready this year. <coughs> and the Welfare Act is, um, the objective is to protect animals from, from pain and suffering in the best possible way. It's stated in the law. And then it also to promote the welfare and the good treatment of animals. And, um, Still, I think that the aim and the statements are quite good already now, but um, we are not met with these uh, aims because we still allow certain um, certain uh, businesses to happen and certain uh, procedures uh, and so on. So um, <clears throat> we still have um, the biggest problem is that we are not enabling the animals to ex express their natural behavior. <coughs> For example, that the movement, which is a very basic <laughs> behavioral need for all animals, uh, is limited uh, due to certain um, certain cages and so on. For example, with pigs, uh, these anti-rotation cages where the pig cannot even move, um, <clears throat> or, or the thigh stall barns for cows where they are attached uh, to the barn uh, from their head, so they cannot, they can move very minimally and it's very very bad <laughs> welfare um, problem for for the animals when you when you are not allowing the the animal to move and um, the second thing is for example what that we it's still allowed to do these painful procedures without appropriate pain relief relief and pain management uh, such as um, the spudding of calves and uh, the castration of pigs. So then we we have uh, totally normal that that you can uh, may do or carry out these painful uh, things in in our uh, food production. Uh, which is which is very painful for the animal. 
And then we have bad breeding practices. This is a big pro problem also with pets. We have problems with monitoring the animal law and the um, let's say, for example, the uh, slaughterhouses. There are lots of uh, these mishandling and, and things we can report, but we, we should, of course, be better with monitoring and um, also uh, <clears throat> also the, um, we have this, the specific problems in our current load, just like the, uh, all animals still don't have the continuous access to drinking water. For pets, we would need the registration registration and identification marking and so on. Uh, we should ban the dolphin areas and so on. But I want to highlight that the special blind spot for Finland is uh, fur farming, <coughs> which you probably all know something. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm quite um, uh, certain that we in 10 years, we won't have fur farming anymore, but we still have it. <clears throat> so uh, then what would the non-human animals need? I think um, if we try to look from, from animal perspective, we would need animal rights recognized more widely. We would need these welfare issues better answered, which we can do, for example, uh, when we uh, when we do the legislation and we should take the scientific knowledge about animals seriously uh, because it's it is quite uh, clear in the sense uh, that if we for example aim in our law that we want to protect animals from pain and we have very specific knowledge about that and about how we fail at the moment. So <clears throat> it would be a good good for the animals that we as humans would would take this new knowledge more seriously. And then um, we can have different different opinions, but these very exploitative practices would would uh, end. And then how how does this all uh, Come, how, what's the role in this sustainable world? What is the role of animal rights? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, uh, I, I think you are probably quite aware of these issues also already, but <clears throat> uh, basically, currently, um, I would argue that it, because we live in a society where we use other animals uh, so intensively. It's a huge risk for us. Also, of course, it's 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 um, very violent to to the other other animals, but it also creates a huge risk. And um, since the COVID nineteen is a zoonotic um, um, uh, disease, meaning that it it is. Um, animal origin and it we have gotten it from uh, from other animals such almost all these big um, 
epidemic which the humans have uh, encountered now during the last years um, they are most of them uh, zoonotic diseases which <clears throat> means that um, the fact that we are so intensively using other species it increases the risk of of a pandemic this is something what the animal rights people have said already before covid 19 uh, but now it's quite i don't know uh, clear to everyone that uh, when we mm, use nature like nature natural resources and <laughs> other animals uh, within that we we are creating these kind of uh, risks and also the other health impacts of course which come which comes with um, uh, very intensive let's say meat-based diet or so um, <clears throat> and for example the antibiotic resistance is it it's very in finland we use quite uh, we are quite good not using um, antibiotics in the farm factory farming but it's in, in globally it's a it's a huge risk which probably will uh, get even worse due, during the coming years and it, the big reason is that we we are using so much antibiotics in a, for our um, farm animals and then uh, I guess you're quite aware of this, that how animal exploitation is one driver of the environmental crises, climate change and also biodiversity loss. Um, it's a key driver when we talk about the land use and how much uh, land humans need uh, for our food production or also and when we use animals as a food we of course waste a lot of land and and energy in, in terms of if you compare that you would we would eat eat the plant-based plant-based food by ourselves because we need so much uh, <clears throat> is it fodder in english but we need so much <laughs> um, fodder for for the farm animals and these are of course not only my op opinions this you can you can read whatever uh, uh, international um, science journal or this um, world health organization the un you name it and they all have have given us warnings that this needs to change if we want to have a sustainable future it's not compatible with um with the this current you system where we use so much animals that it's just basically environmentally and health wise and uh, climate wise it's uh, it's a dead end <laughs> so anyway we need to change and uh, but I want to uh, emphasize that 
also I think that currently we have huge possibilities. We have all this all this knowledge which we didn't have before, and uh, maybe we just we just maybe need to I don't know <laughs> to take a, take it somehow mm, as a baseline that we are part of the nature and we are dependent on nature and we are dependent on other species so so maybe maybe some kind of like coexistence uh, could be possible for me when i talk about animal rights for me it's, it's a part of social justice uh, <clears throat> because i think we are also socially involved with other animals and and it's a just way uh, to to treat them with some kind of like dignity and i also feel that if we would not accept so much violence towards animals we would create a less violent um, societies where you would then have somehow <laughs> higher um, step to use violence in general and of course we have huge possibilities if we would um, move from this meat norm to a plant-based food system and uh, and uh, uh, more regulation it's we could do it we could regulate uh, the use of animals quite easily already within our current legislative system but of course um, we would need to have this um, this when i talk about in the beginning that there is like 99 percent of the finnish people say in this uh, european survey that that it's we care about animals and and 90 percent say that we should have better um, protection so we would need to have these uh, these people's will uh, better taken into account in in our law. And so, um, due to these reasons, I think the animal rights um, is a part of a sustainable future and something which we cannot ignore if we if we want to create sustainable future. It's also because um, if we want to somehow act morally, I think we cannot, because of uh, that some individual is other species, we cannot lift that moral um, judgment out. And also because we have this current uh, system is creating and it's linked to these health and um, environmental issues, we also cannot ignore the animal rights aspect. So this is my last uh, slide and uh, my key message, <laughs> which I hope if you, if you would um, <clears throat> remember something from, from this um, talk, my key message would be that by building a more just world for the animals, we are building a better world not only to them but for ourselves too so uh, i put here some links if somebody wants to um, 
read or listen or so uh, more about this issue in English. And of course, we have good NGOs uh, who work for animal rights. And uh, that's it. Thank you. Uh, now, maybe I, so that I would see you all, maybe I can stop sharing this. Mm, let's see what happened. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I'm ready for the questions and uh, arguments. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mai, for this presentation and these very hopeful words. And we really hope in this master to help you in your efforts to build a sustainable and just world. And, <laughs> and my name is Laura and I will be asking the team's questions to you. And then okay. after this, all the participants still have time to drop their questions in the comments section. And my colleague Bogui will read them. And you can also choose to turn your mics and videos on if you want to ask your questions yourself. So Bogui will be in charge of this, but for now I will ask you a few questions, Mike, on behalf of the team. Okay. So I will start with three short questions and then ask a longer one. So please bear with me. Okay. Uh, we, have have noticed, <laughs> we have noticed that you have recently signed an initiative to prevent the advertisement of climate damaging services and products in the city of Helsinki. So for yeah. example, these concerns meet air traveling and cars. And we were wondering how close to realization is this initiated now? And what will be the next step for you, uh, mostly for the city of Helsinki? Okay, sh sh should I start? Yeah, or that's our first question. I will, I will ask the other ones later. Later, okay, yeah, okay. Then I don't need to pen. I, I thought you're gonna uh, ask all them once. Okay, so the, um, so since I'm also uh, working as a Helsinki city councillor, this um, initiative uh, I made as a, as a, uh, a councillor in, in Helsinki uh, city council. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it basically, um, it's quite new thing in Finland, but I know that for example, there are cities in, in Europe, which has had these kind of regulations. Uh, for example, um, and of course, there is uh, some cities who have banned the uh, outdoor advertising totally. Uh, but I know that, for example, in, in Paris, there are this uh, kind of like, uh, that it's not banned totally, but it's uh, restricted. And uh, in Amsterdam, the Amsterdam City Council just made a decision that they want to. Uh, uh, narrow down the advertisement so that the climate harmful uh, advertisement for in terms of climate would be left out <clears throat> but it's quite new new thing there also so it was just uh, like in the end of last year and um, now it it's still in in the process so we have had like statements uh, statements from the um, Lautakunta, it's like the um, Urban Environment Committee 
uh, of Helsinki and uh, we're also politicianship so they they give a statement and then the HKL which is like the uh, Helsinki <coughs> transportation services or so uh, basically which uh, operates the the um, um, transportation uh, they had this board meeting and the both of them they made uh, statements that okay that this is a uh, uh, something that could be done not now when the um, uh, con contracts are on place but when they have a new contract round like um, so when they when they uh, sign the new <laughs> coming years then we can make these certain um, rules there if if wanted and they both committees uh, said that okay this is a little bit tricky but it could be done <laughs> when we negotiate the new <clears throat> for the coming years so we cannot change the current uh, deals with the advertisers but when the uh, uh, contract period ends and we start the new and we could make these kind of uh, rules like now we already have this rule in the transportation that you are not allowed to advertise something that is against public transport <laughs> so so like your advertisement cannot cannot be against public transport and in the end if it's unclear the decision is made by the helsinki city transportation so um why i see that this is possible is first of all that the outdoor advertising it's not um, like something public it's not a public service that we would need to somehow offer or etc. It's it's a, a, a commercial um, deal with two parties. So basically, Helsinki owns the places, so we can uh, do whatever rules we want. But of course, we we cannot act. We have to have a logical list, and of course, it's not very easy to make like a very tight uh, or uh, i don't know concrete list that what we would let what would what what you could still advertise and what not but of course if you if you want to be um you can say that there are certain uh, services and products which are the most harmful like i used the example of uh, plane travels and uh, fossil fuels industry and so on so <clears throat> we we do this kind of adjustment all the time in, in in it's not easy to measure the environmental impact either but we still do it and we still have the climate programs and so on even though we work in a, uh, <laughs> with information which is not 100 percent like somehow coherent <laughs> Yeah, but so now uh, we are still waiting for uh, the initiative to come, that it will come to uh, council, which uh, will make the final decision. But uh, since we already have quite positive answers or statements from this Urban Environmental Committee and the Transportation Board, so I'm, for, I'm hopeful that we could get like some kind of like decision that okay we can we can um, look for this criteria for the coming years but but it 
it might be that it will be quite um, narrow list to this this most. But I don't know. It's hard to say because, of course, I know that there are many many um, politicians in the in the Helsinki uh, level that are not <laughs> that are against it. Thank you for your answer. Uh, I will ask the second set of questions. So uh, if we think about the current COVID situation, there have been speculations uh, about how this was related to what people ate and how it was transmitted through animals. And we were wondering if you think that this has had any impact on the treatment of animals uh, and their hygiene, uh, mostly in the agricultural industries. Is there any better treatment and better hygiene for these animals due to this situation? Well, uh, <clears throat> yes, I, I think it, it, it like this COVID situation has has been quite a hard hit for the animal industry in in general. Like if we talk about um, if we, if you look about the um, uh, what has happened with fur farming in in Europe? There are like many countries which have been in the same situation as uh, us, uh, and I have had very much discussion with the local animal welfare advocates. And now all of a sudden they are in a situation where they have either banned fur farming due to the COVID situation, or they have. Um, they have had the ban for let's say uh, so that it would be uh, in place like uh, after 10 years but they have changed it so that it be the it will be like in in the in the netherlands that it will be in place already uh, this year so they have like uh, not postponed but <laughs> make it um, earlier uh, on place and um, <clears throat> I I believe that uh, if you look at the statistics, for example, coming in coming years, that how people see the justification of fur farming, for example, in Finland, I'm I'm I believe that this COVID situation will move more people on and to to um, have like negative response on uh, continuing the fur farming in Finland because this is um, due to the COVID. So it has been in a sense, uh, I don't know, some kind of a animal rights ad advocate for this, this situation. Uh, but and um, when you asked that, will it change the measures to be somehow more, um, maybe the antibiotic resistance will be something that is taken more seriously and of course when we were talking a political level it's about also um, what kind of um, who is getting funding and how much funding we uh, channel to what kind of like risks so i i guess that these kind of risks will get more funding when we talk about national uh, finances and international uh, finances and uh, probably more studies and so on and uh, yeah 
also because at the same time there is a trend like it's not just a, um it's an ongoing trend that people eat, want to eat less meat so this will probably also drive that um, development more hopefully this yeah. will happen <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will now go on with the third question and we were wondering uh, in a bit more political aspect what do you think is the role of citizens in promoting this sustainable future and as a member of parliament what do you think is the best mean for people to have a lasting influence over national policy regarding uh, specifically uh, animal rights as this is the topic of today and also have you noticed any reaction from the private sector and any room for collaboration maybe with it okay um good question um i think um there because animals cannot somehow advocate for themselves so <clears throat> i think it's uh, justified that people people do it um, do it and i think the politics animal rights it's very easily quite uh, marginal issue in 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 a, some sense that it's it's easy to somehow minimize and uh, forget because um, I don't know, maybe the advocates are not so uh, powerful and we have very powerful um, advocates who advocate, uh, let's say, for the current farming system and so on. Uh, so, but I feel that if, if you want to influence politics, I, I feel that this like external pressure is something where you can move politicians uh, <clears throat> so so that we would we need uh, external we need like ngos and uh, people to like very loudly tell their <clears throat> opinion to politicians if they feel that this current or if they feel that we should do better for for the animals <laughs> but of course there are also lots of people who who have different opinions than i have <laughs> and and so so this is uh, in in some sense like uh, deb debatable but it's hard because we in in politics we it's hard to put like this like i said that this is something if we want to have like a sustainable future this this would be something what we just needs to take into account but the day-to-day day -day politics in the parliament for example <laughs> it's really hard to somehow put this concrete price on on let's say like uh, <laughs> sustainable land use and so on since at the moment we we haven't we don't have that kind of like <coughs> price for the over exploitation of animals or nature or so um, but yeah i'm totally in favor of having a lot of 
external pressure to politicians. And uh, <coughs> I'm sorry, I'm a little bit losing my voice. Mm. <coughs> I think the business side is something where it's <coughs> already happening a lot. Like um, <coughs> there is uh, lots of um, how would I say this? All these um, um, business ideas, um, which it's based on this, like let's say this uh, changing dietary uh, habits, like like uh, vegan food and so on. <laughs> so there's already a lots of lots of activities, but um, we still the problem is that we would need to transfer our like overall uh, food system uh, in general and the big driver for that is the agricultural uh, subsidies so as long as we have these big money flows which is like sustaining the current current uh, production it's harder for the new businesses to <laughs> compete with that Thank you very much. I will now ask the final question of our team and we'll <coughs> let you then answer the question from the audience. So you recently wrote in your blog about the rights of test animals and that Finland uses nearly around 100,000 animals for testing vaccines and medical treatments and they cannot be brought to market without being tested. And you proposed a shift to methods that do not use animal testing, but other types of methods that do not cause pain and harm to animals. And we were wondering what type of measures should be done so that we would be able to move from animal testing in Finland to other types of methods. And so what these methods could be. And additionally, what about in cases of acute pandemics? like right now with the COVID-19, do you think that we'll be able to use and in this type of uh, pandemic situation, what new methods, what alternatives do we have? <clears throat> yeah, so this is a, a good question about um, animal testing. And um, like, like, like you said, that it's a <coughs> compulsory part of all medicines and um, so on. And, and I actually, I don't think that we could, um, or we, I'm not um, advocating so that we, we could just end all animal testing, like now, this day, but um, because we are somehow, or we feel that we are very reliant on animal testing. <clears throat> but what I what I want to somehow push forward in politics is that we, since we already have this is it's called uh, FICAM, uh, and it's in Tampere. You probably actually know it because it's uh, part of Tampere University. But um, I'm sorry if I, I check quickly if it has like English name. Yeah, Finnish Center for Alternative uh, Methods. And uh, <clears throat> it's uh, yeah, it's part of 
Tampere University, and it's something where, like in this, um, when we had the uh, governmental negotiations two years ago, uh, we negotiated more money to that kind of um, uh, <coughs> practices uh, through FICAM, because in order to build some kind of like um, alternative testing methods um, field, you need, of course, like political support and resources and so on. And FICOM has done a very good work in, in Finland. And I have, I said in this blog also that because Finland is quite a high tech country and uh, with uh, quite uh, high, um, I don't know what it's called, but that we have, yeah, we have at least kind of like that we we could be somehow flagship country for this kind of like alternative methods. And now <clears throat> there are there are many alternatives, but I don't know if I know their words in English because it's it's basically like using uh, computers and modeling and cellular cellular like. Um, sales where you use <laughs> so i don't know the english words but anyway you have these methods which already of course now um when when we are testing some uh let's say medicine or so it, it, it it's it's not so that you put it you test it with animal and then you are like okay now we are good and then you can start using it with humans so you anyway need to have uh, multiple methods and you anyway in the end you have the people who you test them in the first time so um, in the blog i also told that for example uh, ms uh, disease we already have created like over a thousand medicines that work for uh, rats and their MS disease, but none of them works with us humans. So, so I criticize also the fact that because um, even though you would get a certain result from with a sheep or a rat or fish or so, in the end, it doesn't give you the information how it will work with people. But um, I feel this like modeling and cellular based methods would be more reliable also. Yeah. Thank you very much for taking the time to answer our questions. And <laughs> I will now give the floor to my teammate, Bofi, to uh, ask you the questions from the audience. Okay. Um, yes, thank you, Mai, for answering our questions. It's really nice to have you presenting the topic about animal rights. And also, I have, uh, have observed that we have a very active uh, conversation in our chat, and I have selected some questions for you. And the first question is just related to our colleague's question from Laura, and it's asking, 
uh, will there be any change in law that come up to tackle with the laboratory animal tests? If so, and how this will impact the scientific development? <clears throat> okay, uh, thank you. So, um, I think it was one year ago when we last time um, made some adjustments uh, to the, our law on uh, scientific um, experiments with um, animals. But it was mostly quite technical uh, changes and some changes what comes from the EU law. So, so the, our law is based on the EU directive about animal experiments. And the, of course, we have like stated in the whole of EU that the, our aim is to end animal testing. So it's, it's a European wide or European Union wide uh, uh, Britain like um, aim that we want to get rid of animal testing and last time we adjusted the law and there were a little bit um quite minor like i said minor um changes and it, i don't have any knowledge that we would be changing the law anymore uh during this term so um I would say that uh, if we want to have a say on animal testing, I would say that the best way now would be that we support these alternative methods because we of mm -hmm. course have a, we have a field of scientists and um, researchers and people who work with these alternative methods. And I think it would be a really good to support uh, those methods to to have more mainstream uh, because currently I, I used to work when I was working with Animali I was part of this board um, about who who met like all the people who worked with animal testing met and we were having this uh, national board and um, also one problem is that there are like um, scientists who whom they have only learned that you if you do a if you do scientific research you need to use animals in order to have it like a, a serious science in a sense if if you are working in that kind of field and now it's it's also a little bit like changing the mindset of of this <laughs> this field that hey it's also possible to make sound science with less animals and uh, so on and of course there are other problems also like the the that they they have like let's say we have uh, lots of uh, different companies who who um, make multiple tests uh, like the same tests because they are not open and so on we, we could like reduce the amount of animal tests if we would just let's say, uh, share the results and, and so on. But I, uh, I don't think that we, we will end animal tests very soon. Uh, and I understand why, why, um, why it's not an easy topic and why 
it's it can be argued that uh, that they we get <laughs> they might be like somehow more useful to us than other 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 things where we use animals like it's one can say that it's easier to drop animals from your plate than from the science but <clears throat> also also i feel that there are lots of unnecessary tests and there are lots of tests which we could have even more reliable uh, results with these other methods yeah that's then, right yeah Okay. Yeah, if we have choice not to do harm, then we should reduce the harm as possible. But what, mm. what if in the case that we don't have a choice? For example, and how do you see the conflict between human rights and animal rights? For example, if there's a, a fair solution to solve conflict, like if rats are spreading virus that's directing humans' health and also uh, the wild rabbits are destroying the farm plant, and how can we yeah. handle this case in a just manner? Yeah. Um, it's, it's not easy. And I, I, yeah. I don't say that I wouldn't be, uh, that I would be somehow objective. Because I, I feel that maybe mm, we all uh, have this, I don't know if, if it's a bias or maybe it's a human thing that you, um it's like how could i say it but but of course like if we talk about human rights for example at the moment we are putting let's say in finland we we give greater value to finnish lives than we give uh, to people who are not living in finland or are not our citizens if you talk about the how we distribute the COVID uh, medicines, uh, it's it's very unfair. But then um, we we are like um, we favor people who are more close to ourselves. But I, I don't know if it's morally right thing to do. It's quite humane that if you have to take care of your own loved ones, you probably are not 100% objective uh, if you would need to choose that who, who, do, who do you save, your own child or, or someone who you don't know or so. But um, in, in a way, our uh, like international human, human rights law um, doesn't state that hey uh, some people are more valuable than others but uh, mm -hmm. but in practice we do it all the time uh, we do it at yeah. a national level and etc and we'll do it in on our personal lives sorry um, about trade-offs so, <laughs> sorry it's all about trade-offs in this time yeah exactly so 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 with animals i think um it's understandable that people <laughs> treat or or uh, somehow wouldn't think that okay all animals are equal to humans because uh, uh, yeah <laughs> so it's harder to relate but i think we should like wait on this like 
that when when there is a situation where we actually um, like we could give more weight on animal rights in for example if I'm, i try to be like very simple like if 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 it's not necessary for humans to do something which is very harmful for animals should we then weight the animal rights more but if you if you have to choose your like own life and some animal, of course then it's uh, like and and like you said what is quite good example i think with the pests if you if you <laughs> you can say that okay for self-protection no, no, if you want to protect your own uh, um, property or so it's more understandable but I, I people usually make this with animal rights but i want to say that this is how our legal system is working all the time you know that we um we wait that that okay there is some some person who wants to make a business and then there is a freedom of speech and then there is a uh, let's say traffic like um, we know that people are getting killed every year due to traffic but we we don't ban all the cars because some people will get killed because we think that okay as a society in whole it's a risk what we or or the right to live it's it's not taken so fundamentally that we would like uh, we would really uh, destroy, like uh, ban for example the cars or <laughs> you know it's all the time we have to do this adjustment and hospitals are doing this kind of like that okay who gets treatment and how much money we use in what kind of diseases, what kind of, in the politics we do this all the time, but when we allocate resources, we, so I think with uh, animal rights also, it's, it's not that we either give all animals right to live and um, not be <laughs> somehow affected by humans, <clears throat> 100%, or then we continue like it is now and um, yeah I think um, these kind of situations where people would protect their own health or their own home or so it's it's much more um, understandable that <clears throat> we would um, restrict the animal rights <coughs> Yes, I see that's not an easy question to make a balance. And do you think that the new uh, animal welfare law will come up soon and, and hopefully helping to change situation like this? Well, um, <laughs> the law which we are now making, it will be better uh, than the current law, but it, it's not uh, animal rights law or <laughs> so it will uh, have some some kind of like um better adjustments and so on but it it even after we have done the new animal welfare law 
I will think that it's it's not good enough. So I'm a little bit sad actually that uh, we are now in the government, but we cannot do as good law for animals than I would uh, want to, and I would see that there is a need. But there will be like, um, of course, there are no proposal yet, but we had uh, when we had the parliament or the governmental negotiations, uh, the governmental program or what is it called, Hallitus Ohelma. So there we already had the negotiations about what will be included in the new Animal Welfare Act. So there will be um, like, let's say that we are banning certain kinds of uh, crates or cages, but not all. We are banning the dolphin areas, but not or all entertainment. And we are mm, uh, making this um, uh, identification marking and uh, registration for cats and dogs. And it's very helpful thing for uh, <clears throat> uh, to prevent the illegal uh, pet trade or what would be the English word and so on. So there will be like good um, good things, but it, it, I, I'm still disappointed if I'm honest. Mm. Yeah, I, I understand that there it's very difficult to make a law that satisfies everyone and if so, do you think that the public can do something? Like, would you give us some suggestion that to raise the awareness about animal rights, since we are still seeing those contradictions in our daily practice? Like, although mm. people are saying that, oh, we love animals, we care about them, mm. but they're continuing the exploitation, like they're consuming the animal clothing, and also um, it also reflects on the food choice as well. Mm. Yeah, I think the best way is to little bit change the what is seen as no normal, change the norm. So that's why I have I have been very um, willing to um, affect on, for example, the food choices that our public services are doing, like let's say the uh, schools and kindergartens and so on, because when there are almost all people who will uh, uh, <clears throat> grow up here in Finland. They they are in these institutions, and what they see there as a normal food, for example, they will um, be socialized in a in a certain kind of food. So I I have felt like now in Helsinki we made this decision that we will uh, decrease by fifty percent uh, the animal. Uh, products and um, I feel that it yeah. it can be a very good because then maybe the students don't even realize that there is a very big all of a sudden change but the, the content will still change and um, so <clears throat> I think like like if you talk about milk do you mean oat milk or cow's milk and if if you if you what kind of um, you go to a cafeteria? If, if is it the normal thing that the 
the uh, plant-based milk is there for everyone and you have to ask <laughs> if you want to have the cow's milk or you know, you know these kind of situations i think are the best way to change because then like the, there can be like a certain percentage who are like actively changing things and then there are the small <laughs> amount of people who are actively resisting the change but then all the rest they just um um how did i say adjust and then you can change the things when you just mm -hmm. <laughs> do, do like for example your university um i'm sure you all have lots of um power in terms of um affecting what what is normal in in your meetings in your um, um, what is your student cafeteria and so on and your of course our our per personal lives that what kind of uh, choices we make so yes. i think that is Thank probably you. the like biggest uh, way to uh, influence and of course of course if you um, uh, mobilize or how would i say if you like come together with other people will it be in ngos or uh, will it be in the party politics that you vote or even run for yourself now there is a still chance to yeah. be a candidate in the municipality elections <laughs> yes. so uh, <clears throat> anyway like the majority of the people maybe don't want to um influence so then you have even more power if you, <laughs> if you yeah to lead a social change mm. yeah exactly yes. and you Thank can you do it much for in your personal questions. life or, yeah okay so the questions were really good from the audience and even better my your answers were great <laughs> You very well could answer all the really tough questions that there was. And uh, anyway, thank you, Mai, for your important and really interesting lecture. It was a pleasure to have you. And I must say that personally, I enjoyed it a lot. This is a really important topic. And also, I want to thank the audience and not to forget my dear and valuable group, because it was a nice thing to organize as well. And yeah, this was the last LFC lecture this year. And please remember to check the blog posts from this and the prior lectures. And I will provide the link in the chat. But my thank you really, really much. It was awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me and for <laughs> wanting to uh, have a discussion and talk about this issue. It yeah. was also meaningful for me. <laughs> Good. Thank and I, I will I wish you all the good uh, spring and coming uh, studies and so even though it's 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 a quite hard time for all of us. Thank you so much. Tällä kanavalla 98,4 megahertsiä Tampereella Radio Moreni.